Section 19 of The Diary of a Country Parson by James Woodford. Read by John Greenman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2. Weston Longville, Norfolk, May 24, 1776, to January 1, 1803. As Weston Longville will become as familiar as Ansford or Castle Carey, little need be said here. It owed its second name to the priory of Longville in Normandy to which its tithes were transferred at the end of the eleventh or the beginning of the twelfth century, a common medieval practice by its then Norman lord of the manor. The population in 1776 probably did not exceed 360, its population in 1801 was 365, in 1901 367, and at the last 1921 census 323. The church, exceptionally spacious and beautiful, is of the perpendicular period and dedicated to all saints. The living is still in the gift of New College, Oxford, and still relatively a good one. The rectory is not, alas, as known by the diarist, but on the same site, about half a mile from the church. Fish continue to flourish in the river Wensome, a lovely stream which flows through Lenwade Bridge a mile and a half away. The descendants of Squire Custance are still the squires of Weston, and doubtless many descendants of the farmers and villagers who flourished in the direst day survive. The names on the village war memorial are sorrowfully familiar, whose families are not less old, because they are not recorded in, often doubtful, books of genealogy. Indeed, it is certain that the oldest families in England, in the sense of continuous connection with the same soil, are to be found in the cottages of remote villages, families whose age in this sense would cause four-fifths of the peerage to hang their diminished heads. Note, there is a very interesting history of Weston on Bloomfield's monumental history of Norfolk and its continuation by the Reverend C. Parkin, see Volume 8, published 1808, dealing with the hundred of Ainford. Kelly's Directory, 1922, supplies modern information. For the first few days, the diarist and Bill were very busy and rather uncomfortable settling in. The Oxford and Ansford boxes arrived from Norwich. Another survey of dilapidations is taken on the diarist's behalf. A rat-catcher is set on to catch and destroy all the rats for ten shillings sixpence, a laborer is engaged for four days at one shilling sixpence a day for grubbing up furs. They spend two days in Norwich from May 30th to June 1st buying household goods, furniture, silver, and so on, also cloth for a coat for Bill to be made by a tailor, an old Prussian called Murray. June 3rd. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston, my nephew breakfast, dined, supped, and slept at Weston. Two servant-maids came to me this morning and offered their services to me. I agreed with them both, and they are to come to me here midsummer day next. One of them is to be an upper servant, and she lived very lately with Mr. Howes. A very pretty woman she is, and understands cookery and working at her needle well. I am to give her per annum and tea twice a day, five pounds five shillings. She was well recommended to me by Mrs. Howes, and the reason she was turned away from Mrs. Howes was her not getting up early enough, as Mrs. Howes told me. 
The other maid was recommended to me by Mrs. Howes. She is a tenant's daughter of Mr. Howes. She is wooled. I agreed to give her, per annum, three pounds ten shillings. She is to come at midsummer also. She is to milk, etc. Very bad all day in the toothache. The tooth is faulty. Mr. Hardy and his boy Mason at work for me all day. Gave a man this morning for bringing home our dog one shilling. Dunnell, the carpenter at work for me all day. June 4th I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. My tooth pained me all night, and got up a little after five this morning, and sent for one Reeves, a man who draws teeth in this parish, and at about seven he came and drew my tooth, but shockingly bad indeed. He broke away a great piece of my gum, and broke one of the fangs of the tooth. It gave me exquisite pain all the day after, and my face was swelled prodigiously in the evening and much pain. Very bad, and in much pain the whole day long. Gave the old man that drew it, however, two shillings sixpence. He is too old, I think, to draw teeth. Can't see very well. June 5th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston, very much disturbed in the night by our dog, which was kept within doors to-night, was obliged to get out of bed naked twice or thrice to make him quiet, had him into my room, and there he emptied himself all over the room, was obliged then to order him to be turned out, which Bill did. My face much swelled, but rather easier than yesterday, though now very tender and painful, kept in to-day mostly. Paid and gave Will, my servant, this evening, five shillings. Paid Mr. Dunnell this evening, part of a bill due to him from me, for two cows, three pigs, three pair of shoes, flour, tea, sugar, newspapers, pipes, candles, pan, tobacco, beer, mustard, salt, washing, halters, combs, and brush, crabs, bread, and porterage, of fourteen pounds nine shillings threepence, the sum of a bank-note of ten pounds. June 8th, Mrs. Howes sent us over this afternoon some plum-cake with two little pieces of the same to put under our pillows. June 9th, Bill went with me to church this morning and appeared in a new suit of clothes, which was brought home last night from Norwich, and which I gave him. No service in the afternoon at Weston, not usual. June 13th. Mr. Wilson, Sr., of Elsing, a clergyman, spent the afternoon with me at Weston. He brought me in his pocket two bundles of asparagus. It was very kind in him. June 15th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. We were busy all morning in fishing with a casting net in our ponds, we took out of one little horse-pond forty brace of tench, some very fine ones. Had a brace for dinner. Most of the rest we put into the great pond. My squire's brother, Mr. Custance, lent me the net. To two masons, one carpenter, and two laborers, one week, paid two pounds, twelve shillings, ten and a half pence. June 25th. After breakfast I went on my mare to Norwich, where I dined at the King's Head and spent part of the afternoon. My servant, Will Coleman, went before me to Norwich. I had him to bring back a servant-maid behind him. 
July 11th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. Received for butter this morning one shilling. Mr. Duquesne sent me over a present of some strawberries. I signed a testimonial for him, as he is going to be installed into his new preferment, that of Chancellor Cannon of St. David's. July 19th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. Bill and myself took a ride in the afternoon to Mr. Howe's at Hockring, where we spent the remaining part of the afternoon with Mr. Howe's and his wife. Mr. Howe's went to bury a corpse for Mr. Duquesne, and when he was gone Mrs. Howe's told us that she lived very unhappy with her husband, as he wants her to make her will and give everything to his family. I advised her to the contrary and to give to her own. We were wet coming back as it rained. August 1st. I breakfast, supped, and slept again at Weston. Bill breakfast, supped, and slept again at Weston. After breakfast, my nephew and self rode down to the river upon a fishing scheme. We got two nets and had some men with us, and a cart to carry provision for us as well as to bring home the fish for us. We were at it all day, and went up from Leonard Bridge to Attlebridge. At one draft only we caught fifty-nine brace of fish, mostly roach and dace, but some trout rather small. We caught in the hole about six score brace, two brace and a half of which were pike, the largest about six pound, which with a brace more we preserved alive and put them into the moat when we came home. Most of the rest died before they got home. Barnard Dunnell, Harry Dunnell, my boy, and Allen, the pond man and son, and Bates, my chief man a-fishing. We all dined by the waterside upon some cold beans and bacon, and a cold roast leg of mutton which I sent down. We left off about eight o'clock in the evening at Attlebridge. At Attlebridge we met with Mr. Custance fishers, and Mr. Custance was with them and his mistress. Note, readers of, for instance, the memoirs of William Hickey, will realize how normal and open was the maintenance of a mistress in eighteenth-century society, the significance of what might almost be described as the mistress convention would form a very interesting chapter in the history of society at this time. Miss Sherman, but they went away immediately as we came. We caught a fine pike at Attlebridge, where Mr. Custance had been fishing, but just before we came. For a pint of rum at Attlebridge for the fishers paid two shillings. Called at Mr. Ames, my cooper, at Attlebridge, and paid him a bill of the sum of three pounds, seventeen shillings, sixpence. We were all pretty well tired by the time we got home. Mr. Bates went from us before dinner, being obliged to be off. Liquor had from Leonard Bridge today ale, thirty pints, rum, one bottle, porter, two bottles, all which I owe for there. August 3rd, George Wharton's little boy John came to live with me last Thursday, and I am to give him his victuals and some clothes when he wants the same. He does not sleep at my house, as he has not had the smallpox. The boy is about ten or eleven years of age. August 4th, I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at home. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. 
I read prayers and preached this afternoon at Weston. Dull and heavy all day today. Dreamt last night and the night before. Very dismal things happening at Ansford. August 16th was taken this evening very ill in a fainting fit. Fell out of my chair whilst I was playing with my nephew at draughts. He was terribly frightened indeed. I soon came to myself again. I bruised my face very much with the fall as I fell full upon my face on the floor. August 24th gave Michael Andrews' harvest men that were cutting wheat at the end of my garden a largesse of one shilling. They gave me three cheers for the same. September 4th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at home. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. Mr. Francis, Jr. of Norwich, my attorney, came to my house this morning to show me a letter that he received from Mrs. Ridley, in which she mentions that she cannot comply with the last estimate sent her concerning dilapidations, that her friends advise her to the same, therefore I advise Mr. Francis to apply to my proctor, Mr. Murphy, to begin the suit in the ecclesiastical court, and to acquaint her of it. Mr. Francis dined and spent the afternoon with us. Mr. Custance, the squire's brother, sent me a brace and half of partridges this evening. Very kind of him. September 12th, the largesse given today to farmers' harvestmen, two shillings. A custom in this country when harvest is in to give the farmers' men who call upon you each set one shilling. September 14th, very busy all day with my barley, did not dine till near five in the afternoon. My harvest men dined here today, gave them some beef and some plum pudding, and as much liquor as they would drink. This evening finished my harvest and all carried into the barn eight acres. I had Mrs. Dunnell's cart and horses and two men yesterday and today. The men were her son Thomas and Robin Buck. September 17th I breakfast at Weston and afterwards set off to Yarmouth. Bill breakfast at Weston, and he went with me. We got to Yarmouth about four o'clock, and there we dined, supped, and slept at the Wrestlers in Church Square, kept by one Orton. A very good house. After we dined we took a walk on the quay and viewed the Dutch vessels, about seventy sail, which came in last night, to go a-fishing soon for herrings. The Dutch are very droll fellows to look at, strange, heavy, bad-dressed people with monstrous large trousers, and many with large wooden shoes. To turnpikes today from Weston to Yarmouth paid one shilling sixpence. My nephew is highly pleased with the town of Yarmouth. September 19th we breakfast, dined, supped and slept again at Yarmouth. After breakfast we each took a Yarmouth coach and drove down upon the coast, and called again at the fort. Will walked down there at the fort today paid two shillings. It was very pleasant and delightful indeed. Nothing can beat what we saw today. Immense sea, room, ships, and boats, passing and repassing. The wind being rather high, the waves like mountains coming into the shore. We rode close to the ocean, the waves sometimes coming into our carriages. We returned about three o'clock. We had some fine smelts, shoulder of mutton roasted, and tarts. In the evening we took a walk on the quay, as fine a one as ever was seen. 
a great deal of company walking backward and forward. We got on board an English vessel, and were treated with wine, gin, etc. The sailors behaved very civil indeed to us, had a difficult matter to make them take anything, but at last I did, and all the silver I had being only one shilling. She was a collier, and going soon back to Sunderland. September 30th. I breakfast, dined, supped and slept again at home. Bill breakfast, dined, supped and slept again at Weston. Paid Molly this morning for things last week, three shillings sixpence. Mr. Legate and his son Benjamin called on me this morning and talked about my taking his son at old Michaelmas as a servant, and I agreed and bargained with him for the sum of per annum ten pounds. Gave him as earnest for the same, being usual, one shilling. October 4th, a Mr. Roop, a young man, and is a brother of Mrs. Davies, called on me this morning. He drank a glass of wine and decamped. I never saw him before in my life. He is a prig. October 8th, I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at home. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. I found this morning, which I had carefully put by in a snuff-box, and quite forgot by me, the sum of eight pounds eight shillings. Bill and myself went to Mr. Bowles this afternoon, by appointment, and drank a dish of tea with him and his wife. October 24th. I breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at home. Bill breakfast, dined, supped, and slept again at Weston. This morning Mr. Bowles and one Mr. Cobb of Durham, a rat-catcher, called on me this morning, and as he was recommended by Mrs. Bowles, I agreed with him to destroy my rats per annum for me for one pound one shilling. I gave him, as usual, so to do at first, eleven shillings. He wanted to have included victuals and drink and keeping his horse besides in the bargain, but I would by no means agree with him on that account which he declined soon of asking the same. No demand on that head upon any account. Peachment called upon me this morning to talk with me about a little piece of land called Bellstring Rood, which he claims for the parish as being churchwarden. Mrs. Dunnell has it, and has paid for it thirteen years together as a piece of glebe to Dr. Ridley. I also claim it. November 3rd. This morning, about eleven o'clock, Dr. Thorne of Matsell came to my house and inoculated my two servants, Ben Legate and little Jack Wharton. A very elaborate description follows of Dr. Thorne's method of inoculation in the arm, and the diet and physics to be taken during the period of inoculation. See also pages forty and forty-one. Pray God my people and all others in the smallpox may do well. Several houses have got the smallpox at present in Weston. O oh Lord, send thy blessing of health on them all. November 14th. My inoculating folks took their salts very well this morning and drank well of water gruel. They had for dinner Norfolk dumplings and vinegar sauce and potatoes also, and they eat very hearty. Gave my brewer's man that brought some beer sixpence. Molly made me very angry this morning, so angry that I gave her warning to go away at Christmas. The inoculated people had for dinner rice milk, and I am afraid Molly put some eggs into the same. 
I had a pint of the same. I am astonished at her. November 8th, Dr. Thorne, who inoculated my servants, dined and spent the afternoon with us. I gave the doctor for dinner a couple of boiled fowls and some pork, a boiled plum pudding, and a fine piece of roast beef, roots, etc. I paid the doctor for inoculating our people ten shillings sixpence. I gave him also, towards inoculating a poor family, ten shillings sixpence, neighbor Downing's children. The doctor's price for inoculating a single person is only five shillings threepence. Ben's arms look much inflamed, much forwarder than the boy's. Jack complained of a pain under his arm tonight. November 9th had a very civil and very agreeable letter from Mrs. Francis, Sr., and in it one from Mr. Morphew to inform me that Mrs. Ridley will pay my last estimate of dilapidations. November 10th I read prayers, preached, churched a woman, and christened two children by name, Christopher and John, this afternoon at Weston Church, a large congregation at church, Mr. and Mrs. Carr there, all people well pleased with the alteration at the church. This afternoon was the first time of my using the reading desk and pulpit since its being removed, and also of a new common prayer book in my desk. I can be heard much better than where it was, and easier. November 12th. Dr. Thorne called here to see his patients, but did not stay long. He told Ben that he might now live as he used to do before inoculation, and that Jack should live low as yet. One Herring, a young man that has taken Rivett's estate in Ringland, called on me just at dinner-time, came into the parlor, which I did not like, stayed there all the time we dined, and did not go away till near six o'clock. He seems a sensible man, but rather too free. November 19th. At Carrie's shop this morning for snuff, garters, and herrings, paid one shilling sixpence. Mr. Bowles spent the afternoon at my house. He came quite full in liquor and talked very foolishly and weakly. November 22nd. Bill and myself took a walk in the afternoon to Mr. Bowles, but we did not stay long, as our reception was not quite so handsome as our last visit was. We drank one glass of wine apiece, and that was all. John Bull's wife is under inoculation, was inoculated by one Drake, formerly a sergeant in the militia. He makes a deep incision in both arms and puts a plaster over. He gives no calomile, but they take salts every other day. Price, five shillings threepence each. Had a fine calf fall this morning from my flaked cow. My neighbor, Downing, the father of the children that were lately inoculated, has got the smallpox in the natural way, and likely to have it very bad. Therefore I sent over Harry Dunnell this evening to Dr. Thorne's to desire him to come to-morrow and see him, which he promised. November 23rd, Dr. Thorne came this morning to poor Downing, and I went to meet him there and saw him there. He has a great quantity, and I think we'll have a difficult matter to get over it but by the blessing of God upon him, hope that he will do well. He is a poor laboring man, and has a wife and seven small children. I told the doctor that I would see him paid, if he would assist him, etc. November 26th, Dr. Thorne came to see my neighbor Downing this morning, and I was with him there. 
he desired him to let him take some matter for inoculation but he was so obstinate and ungrateful to refuse him november twenty eighth poor neighbor downing very bad indeed this evening the smallpox being upon the turn they sent to me to desire me to come and see him they all thinking that he was dying i went to him and saw him his pulse was very high owing to drinking some beer etc today he was quite light though not in a dying way though he laid as if he was i ordered them to give him some electuary in warm water and when i came away he seemed a little better my man ben i ordered to sit up with him tonight we did not get to bed tonight till after twelve o'clock december first had notice given at church this morning for people to come to my house on tuesday next to pay tithe i went and saw downing after church this morning and he is brave i thank god for it december third my frolic for my people to pay tithe to me was this day i gave them a good dinner sirloin of beef roasted a leg of mutton boiled and plum puddings in plenty received to-day only for tithe and glebe of them two hundred and thirty six pounds and two shillings mr brown called on me this morning and he and myself agreed and he paid me for tithe only fifty five pounds included in the above he could not stay to dinner they all broke up about ten at night dinner at two every person well pleased and were very happy indeed they had to drink wine punch and ale as much as they pleased they drank of wine six bottles of rum one gallon and half and i know not what ale old harry andrews my clerk harry dunnell and harry andrews at the heart all dined etc in kitchen some dined in the parlor and some in the kitchen seventeen dined etc that paid my tithe that is to say stephen andrews baker burton carey mann peg norton bowles dade case pratt legate senior and son of ringland bidwell michael andrews burroughs and legate junior at the horse mr peachment came just at dinner-time but he had dined he spent the afternoon and evening however there was no supper at all provided for them we had many droll songs from some of them i made use of about thirteen lemons and about two pounds of sugar bill and myself both well tired when we went to bed december seventh my nephew had a new suit of clothes brought home to-day of the best broadcloth given to him by me a light brown with yellow buttons gilt december eighth i gave notice of a fast being kept on friday next concerning the present war between america and us december ninth paid my tailor clark this morning for a new suit of clothes for my nephew materials and making five pounds two shillings four and a half pence december tenth mr chambers the schoolmaster who has lately come here called on me this morning to let me know that he would teach my servants ben and will to write and read at four shillings sixpence a quarter each which i agreed for on december eleventh at norwich he receives through his solicitor the sum of seventy seven pounds nine shillings sevenpence in respect of dilapidations from mrs ridley which with goods valued at thirty-eight pounds two shillings ninepence makes up his demand of 
115 pounds 12 shillings fourpence so the dilapidation controversy is settled at last december 13th this day being appointed a fast on our majesty's arms against the rebel americans i went to church this morning and read the prayers appointed for the same i had as full a congregation present as i have in an afternoon on a sunday very few that did not come december seventeenth busy this morning and day in brewing some ale being the first time of brewing since i came to weston i had my malt and hops of mr palmer of morton i brewed only one vessel of thirty-six gallons and i allowed one coom of malt and one pound and a half of hops which i think will make tolerable good ale december twenty-third i had a very fine turkey for dinner to-day and the best i ever tasted in my life mr baldwin clerk to mr bersham the brewer at reefham being in a low way one day last week hanged himself the lord have mercy on his soul i paid him a bill for his master not long ago to poor people of my parish again christmas gave thirteen shillings december twenty fifth i breakfast dined supped and slept again at home bill breakfast dined supped and slept again at weston mr brooks my upholsterer sent over a man on purpose from norwich this morning with a fine hind quarter of london lamb prodigious fine it was indeed i gave the man some victuals and drink and one shilling the undermentioned poor old people dined at my house to-day being christmas day and went to church with me in the afternoon to each of them gave one shilling old richard bates one shilling old richard buck one shilling old thomas cushion one shilling old harry andrews one shilling old thomas carr one shilling old robin buck mrs dunnell's man one shilling james smith the clerk one shilling by god's blessing i intend doing the same next christmas day gave old richard bates an old black coat and waistcoat i had a fine sirloin of beef roasted and plum puddings it was very dark at church this afternoon i could scarce see i read prayers and preached this afternoon at weston church december thirtieth paid molly salmon my servant-maid her wages this morning for half a year two pounds twelve shillings sixpence and then she went from me to hockering being no longer a servant of mine i should have been glad to have kept her as she is good-tempered but she never once asked to stay after i had given her notice therefore i dismissed her had a fine hare for dinner to-day end of section nineteen seventeen seventy six